Hey guys, or hey coffee people, this is Ethan Essig. I'm chilling here with Isaac at Messenger Coffee, and we're doing some cupping right now. Um, you know, before we start trying it, Isaac, why don't you introduce yourself, a little background of you and Messenger. Cool. Hey coffee people, uh, this is Isaac with Messenger Coffee. Um, like Ethan said, we're here better to do a cupping and a cupping experience for those of you um, who are familiar or unfamiliar is an experience where we taste a lot of coffees at the same time at the same temperature. So it gets us um, a lot of coffee in our system, sample sizes. Um, we use this experience a lot as we are doing quality control measures when we do it on the farm when we're tasting coffees for, for sourcing and then as we're uh, doing blend builds or flavor profiling for some of our wholesale accounts. So uh, it's a fun experience and it's a very valuable one to us in a lot of different settings. Messenger, uh, we're a Kansas City ro coffee roasting company. Uh, been roasting coffee as Messenger for a little over five years now. But Messenger started as a joint group effort between a couple roasting companies and a coffee retail shop here in Kansas City. So a lot of roasting and coffee experience went together to form Messenger. And the idea behind Messenger was that um, to, to really understand and bring quality coffee to the people, we really had to see what was going on at the farm, at Origin. And after seeing that, two of our founders, Nick and Kirsten, decided that they no longer wanted to do coffee the way that they had been. Instead, we wanted to source coffee in a way that was fair, above fair trade even. Um, giving back and committing to the farmer. So we started with the concept of messenger, which just means we are not the producers of quality, we are the messenger of quality when the quality comes from the farm. So uh, we continue on that quality by building uh, true relationships with them. So in, in short, that's, that's who we are. It's a beautiful story, beautiful mission. So how, uh, how long have you, have you been here since the five-year mark? I've been here for um, a little over three years now and okay. uh, have a fun experience being introduced to Messenger. I, at the very early stages of Messenger, was starting my own coffee shop, okay. coffee whiskey bar, and uh, I brought on Messenger as my wholesale partner. So I quickly got to know them as a service and full-service coffee company, respected, you know, them to the utmost about what they were be able, what they were able to provide me as one of their accounts, and so when that fell through, my wife and I found out we were pregnant. We decided not to go along with the venture, but I quickly knew that the people at Messenger were doing it right. Yeah. And so when you know jobs opportunity came up, it was a no-brainer to take it. Yeah, it's yep. a cool job. So what do you do, um, kind of on the day to day? Uh, I'm the director of sales and business development, so I handle anybody that uses our coffee outside mm -hmm. of our roasting facility, yeah. which is a really fun job. So I was going to open my own place, but now instead I get to help other people yeah. open their own places, and that's been really rewarding. Um, I get to be a part of all of our collaborations, whether it's with chocolate or beer or <clears throat> um, any donations that we do, giving back in the local community with organizations like Ability KC, and then... Um, being on our leadership and development team too in our company so a lot of things going on yeah Does it's it fun feel overwhelming it feels overwhelming we were talking yeah. about that earlier yeah. but uh you know when you love what you do the stress and overwhelming thing can just kind of fuel uh fuel me and fuel our team i think we all are in that situation yeah. as a small business that is growing 
you all wear lots of hats. So we're all trying to figure out what's the best way to just wear one hat and do our jobs really, really well without extending us ourselves too far. Yeah. I, uh, I just started reading a book. So, uh, on that, because I'm like, I need to re, I need a reminder to not just try and do everything (laughs) all the time. And sometimes you got to do that. Okay. So uh, when do we start? Now we're ready. We're doing it now. Okay. So what we've got on the table, we've got six different coffees and this is the, this is a cupping experience that we bring to a lot of our wholesale accounts. Um, we typically have six to eight different single origin coffees in our lineup at all times. Um, we are trying to source coffees based on our farm direct relationships for one, in which we can get to that in a little bit. Um, but also flavor profiles. We know that our wholesale accounts are not always looking for the same thing. So we're sourcing lots of different varieties of flavor profiles and uh, countries of origin for seasonality's sake. You know, we can only get certain coffees in at all uh, at different times of the year. So right now we've got six coffees on the table. I've kind of split them up into one side being our uh, fruity and acidic side. Um, typically ends up being all African coffees. Yeah. And then the other yeah. side of the table is representing uh, more approachable, balanced, sweet coffees. And that's Central and South America right now. We always uh, have coffees from those origins, uh, but we also will bring in Indonesian coffees. Um, and right now we're sourcing a coffee from Thailand, which we're really excited about. Uh, Honduras is coming in soon. Just brought in an Ecuadorian coffee. Um, so yeah, we're gonna get started. And we'll probably start on the uh, balanced and sweet side of the table central and south america and then move ourselves over to the african side it's a great thing that these microphones have such a long cords works out here we go so you've done i'm gonna step away from the mic a little bit but uh you've done a cupping before right ethan yes yeah so we're gonna sample both the bowls that are available to us from each origin taking a sample off the top because the grounds are some of the bottom the goal is to get the coffee in your mouth but if you can do it with some vigor, spray mm-hmm. across your palate, then then you're getting a good getting a slurp. Yeah, a good slurp. So, yeah, I, I don't think I can match <laughs> that. that <laughs> there you go. One of us, both of us, will probably choke. Then dunk, and this will be kind of a quick experience. Slurp, slurp. And we'll smooth around the table. That was a powerful slurp. Comes with practice. Yeah. Actually, you know what we should do for the podcast sake. We should just sit here and talk about each coffee as we're there. Okay. So the first coffee we're tasting today is the Finca Palestina, which is from Guatemala. It is a farm direct coffee for us, which means uh, we've kind of created a tiered, three-tiered system for these uh, farm direct partnerships, meaning we pay a higher than fair trade price, we commit to the following year's crops and harvests, and then we also give 10% of our green coffee purchases back to these farmers. We've been partnered with these farm, uh, the farm in Guatemala for four and a half years now. So this is a really special coffee to us because we've seen coffee quality grow, yeah. uh, relationships grow, and um, this, is an, uh, this is an origin where um, it's created such a staple, it's, it's such a staple in our lineup. We're really proud of it, and our only, our only fear with this farm partnership is really the origin and climate involved. Mm-hmm. Um, they're telling us they may not be able to export specialty coffee in 10 years in Guatemala yeah. because of the changing climate. So, wow. you know, we'll, we'll continue to partner with them throughout that whole process. And if it means they have to change over into another kind of crop, then we'll yeah. help them get there. So, well, 
So we That's got milk upsetting. chocolate, butter, brown butter, peach jam as our flavor notes, and there's a wash process from Guatemala. It was delicious. Delicious. And then you can tell it's approachable. Yeah. Milk, cream, and sugar if necessary if you're one of those kind of drinkers. So. Yeah. Moving on uh, to this Ecuador. We're gonna have a little bit more vibrancy in this coffee. <laughs> there it goes. I got the chill. Yep. You have a little bit more acidity, which we tie to green apple in this uh, coffee. When we are developing our flavor notes, we're always kind of looking at, since it is the seed of a fruit, yeah. where is the fruit coming through? Does it remind us of an actual fruit or is it the acidity of a fruit that, that we uh, are thinking of? We, get, we tie it to a sweetness and we tie it to some sort of body, mm -hmm. mouthfeel, approachability. Yeah. Um, so you'll have, until you get to the African side, you'll see an element of, you know, earth, chocolate, uh, something brown or caramelized. You'll mm -hmm. see an element of fruit and an element of sweetness or acidity too. Yeah. You get the apple, but it's not quite as overpowering. Yeah. As yep. Uh, next in our lineup is the Colombia El Obraje. This is a coffee that we have in our lineup every year, and because it's one of the best, best coffees from Colombia, and we love when it comes back into our lineup. So, how how many farmers do you work with in Colombia? So this is one of the this is one of the few origins that we are not farm direct in yet, uh, okay. but we source this coffee through an importing partner that acts like we act. So. Right now, I would say anywhere between 30 and 40% of our coffees have that farm direct stamp on it, which means we have to give back the commitment, the, buy, the higher than fair trade price. But if we're not able, since we're only five years old, if we're not yeah. able to get to origin and build a relationship, yeah. you know, we still want to source in a very highly and above fair trade kind of way. So we partner mm -hmm. with importing companies that are doing that for us. Hopefully one day we'll get down to Columbia and build relationships on our own, but um, yeah. Those things take time. They take time. And, you know, we can't just say, hey, we are an American coffee company. We know it's best. Please commit to us. Yeah. Because, you know, they don't necessarily always want that. No. Yeah. So, you know, like in Peru, we finally called our first farm direct Peruvian coffee um, this, this year. But it's been three years that we've actually, that Nick's been going down there. So just because he flew down there doesn't mean it's farm direct. Yeah. Just because he flew down there two years in a row doesn't mean it's farm direct. Yeah. It was really, you know, it's a mutual commitment to each other. Yeah. So, but this is a big bodied, like Colombian coffees are. Yeah. Uh, sweet. Sometimes the acidity in Colombian coffees bothers me differently mm -hmm. than other acidities, but I love this one. And what do you think? Yeah, I love it. The, like, the acidity is not too intense and it's just like very coffee to me yeah keeping on the bit yeah it is it is it's good yeah. you know it so even like if you're not you know you're not always talking about especially coffee every day yeah you know then you're not always like oh i don't even taste fruit oh and then you read a note and you're like oh i think i can taste that yeah uh you know you can still figure out is it big is it bold is it dry your tongue out does it yeah you know, what does it do so keeping in the theme of the mouthfeel and big body, we're gonna move over to the Kenya. This is a cool coffee. Um, the Cabangara is a very expensive coffee for one. That's why yeah. we, we put it in a white bag a lot of times, okay. as opposed to our black bags. So the white bag kind of shows you uh, 
hey, watch out. It's yeah. going to cost you a little bit of money. Yeah. And two, yeah, it's it's an exciting coffee. So maybe yeah. maybe it might be more acidic or it might be more funky. Um, mm-hmm. Or we can also highlight one of our farm direct coffees in a, in a white bag too. But Okay. So it's just a differentiator on the shelf. Okay. So uh, when we're talking expensive coffee, how expensive? Like uh, this one retails for twenty seven or twenty eight, something like okay. that. Okay. So a pretty nice commitment to the yeah thing. yeah. So one of the things that we have not talked about yet, or we kind of mentioned over there, uh, the first three coffees are all washed processed coffees, which you'll find the majority of the time in Central and South America. Mm-hmm. So we're moving over here now. We're moving into a, a, a wash process called anaerobic wash process. Anaerobic uh, just means that they've withheld oxygen in a way for a certain period of time. Um, and this coffee was submerged underwater for 18 hours uh, wow. after it's gone through the pulping machines. So it stripped the fruit away, but then it goes through a phase of time where there is some fermentation happening mm-hmm. while oxygen is being withheld. Okay. So you get a little bit more um, funkiness in this coffee. Kenyans are always known for their big body and their funkiness. Uh, but this one just has that extra element. And, you know, when you get into the region of Kenya and Ethiopia, where processing methods, farmers are always do, are always already at the highest level of processing. Yeah. Now we're trying to find different ways to add sweetness to the cup yeah. and adventure. So this is, this is the uh, anaerobic wash process. And this is from the uh, Abundancia uh, estate region, which... You get that lemon like right away. Yeah. It's just right there. <laughs> that lemon curd, yeah. Yeah, and it was funny because as we were looking for like, it's not the grapefruit, it's not the orange. What is the other acidity here? And they were like, what is that one called? <gasps> Pomelo, that's right. <laughs> and it was perfect. So anyway, uh, special coffee. Next yeah, on the delicious. African lo- uh, lineup here, we've got another wash process coffee from Rwanda. And this is a really exciting coffee. Um, it, it hit a need for us. This is not farm direct, but it hits a need for us because all of our washed Ethiopians are out right now. Yeah. And um, when we found this coffee, we were way more than pleasantly surprised. It kind of took, took hold of that wash process. Ethiopian said, you know, we can hang. So it's yeah. a Bourbon varietal. Um, and um, it's been a lot of people's favorite coffee since we brought it in. So Nice. One of the things we haven't really talked about yet, and we probably won't talk about too much, but is 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 the roast profiles on these coffees. They're all technically light roast coffees. Yeah. Um, we were just talking with one of our roasters, Drew, this morning about this coffee in particular, how he's played with the roast varying one to two degrees, and it makes a big impact on the coffee. So mm-hmm. this this roast is currently a, uh, a two degrees hotter roast than we did with our previous batch of Rwanda. And it's just a little bit more sweet, a little yeah. more balanced, but yeah. we still get the pop of that uh, dark red fruit acidity, um, that plum. Yeah, yeah, that, that's really good. So um, we love this coffee. It's a great for for an acidic African coffee. It's kind of like an all day drinker. Yeah, coffee. yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm kind of surprised about right now because yeah. it's like I wouldn't typically like an Ethiopian drink on that all day. Yeah, or, you know. What I mean? Yeah, but. That. Especially this next one on our table. <laughs> I 
Speaking, Speaking of, of not all day drinkers, uh, we have the natural process um, from the Bensa. Oh yeah, I, I can already tell by the description card. This yeah. is gonna be interesting. This is the Bombay natural from the Bombay washing station. This is the natural process uh, coffee. And unlike some of our previous natural processes, which have been like just blueberry right in your face, this is, has a little bit more, uh, I think it's got a little bit more character to it. Mm -hmm. So we said mixed berry, you've got the wildflower. But our favorite thing was the sangria that's going on in this coffee. That is just like so many flavors. I mean, we just had sangria last night from Costco. And it's like, I'm drinking that right now. It's yeah. kind of wild. Yeah. It's so cool. And this is a cold brew. I mean, all of these coffees as cold brews can be delicious. But this is a cold brew. It's really fun. Yeah. This is also a really neat coffee for us. It's farm direct. Um, we've been going to Ethiopia and partnering with... Um, especially this washing station for a while. Yeah. Nick just got back from there about two and a half months ago. And our give back fund this year helped provide shading for the workers. Uh, we refabricated their raised beds and um, we bought school supplies for the kids this year um, in this region. And then one of the biggest give back parts of this uh, relationship was providing an eco pulper for them so that they could use less water since water is already not as readily available yeah use less water and in, in, in pulping the coffee so that's awesome it, it's a good been a good relationship for us yeah and haven't you been there i have not been there oh okay now, nick is our coffee green coffee sourcer and um and one of the founders one of the founders okay yeah, he's our quality control in green coffee and um He's got a lot of great stories, and we just re released our blog post about this trip. Yeah. And um, so for those of you guys that are listening, go to messengercoffee.co, click on blogs, and you can read all about it. See, I didn't even, and I was on your website, we're .co. Yeah, <laughs> .co. Didn't go for the comp. Yeah. Let the M go. Somebody else got it, and we don't, they want to charge us a lot of money for it. Yeah, my, it was like $2,500 for the .com, it was just yeah no thank you no thank you um so how, do, how does the rest of the team get involved with kind of the charitable work and yeah um it's been really interesting because nick being the eyes and ears on the ground in at origin sees a lot of the need and a lot of the potential area for impact so mm -hmm. um a lot of it is hey farmers tell us what you need yeah and we'll partner in that way um you know, it's not, it doesn't come without uh, risk. Yeah. We had one of, you know, one of our relationships go awry when one of the farmers was taking money out of their give back. Oh. Using it for personal. And so that was, that was hurtful and, you yeah. know, devastating to us. But at the same time, we have to give first without, you know, seeing what they're going to do with it. Even yeah. if they say that this is what they're going to use it for. So, yeah. Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll continue to have that mindset no matter what. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of times it's really interesting, especially when we're at the scale we're at now. We have this beautiful building, so people are starting to know who we are. Yeah. You know, I get donation requests every week, five or six of them, mm -hmm. whether it's donate money or, you know, donate product. And so for us, we have to keep in mind a lot of times that though our immediate community is really, really important, and we have some good give backs in our immediate community, but we are trying to impact the farmers of our coffee more yeah. than anything the people that don't have access to yeah health care or write grants for new equipment or all that kind of stuff governmental yeah. support so we've just made it a point to uh direct the majority of our give back fund to our farm 
partners. And then um, when, the, when it comes time for it, we, we, we have a good partnership here in Kansas City called uh, with a nonprofit called Ability KC. Mm-hmm. They do incredible rehabilitation and therapeutic services for babies all the way through senior citizens through a lot of it is brain or spinal cord injuries. Um, and it's outside of kind of what healthcare can provide sometimes, or it's using Medicare or Medicaid to help out, or it's just um, another another resource for people. So we decided to give, we created a special blend for them. 30 of their board members and staff came over to a cup a lot of coffees and nice. had a great time. So we give 10% off that coffee back to them. It's been a really impactful partnership. That's awesome. Yeah, the, the farmer one, it's kind of like, you know, we're all here enjoying the coffee. I mean, every time I come in this place, it's just packed with people. And, um, you know, it's just wonderful that you guys have that focus to go back because everybody here is enjoying what they've done. But, you know, we'll probably never see it yeah. or have that direct relationship. Right. So it, it's, it's cool to just keep that connection going and try and make that happen. Yeah. So, and I know it's harder for smaller shops in the area to make that kind of thing happen. And so good. To, yeah. And have you always done that since you started? Yeah, it was, it was part of the found, like it had to be part of, uh, the DNA of the company from the very beginning, yeah. which is why when Nick and Kirsten went down to Panama on their first trip, it was, it was like an immediate, if we are going to do this, then this has to be a part of has it. has to be yeah. done the right way. Yeah. So the give back has always been there. Um, part of the, there was a give back immediately on that first Panama trip, even though it wasn't even called Messenger Coffee at the time. So yeah, it was. It's been there from the very beginning. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you, how long has this shop been open? This shop has been open since October 2017. Okay. So a year and a half now, basically. Yeah. And uh, the building was purchased in 2014, so it took you know a good chunk of three years to get this thing going and so i felt like we were always telling everybody yeah in about two months yeah in about two yeah. months in two yeah. more months any day so, now any day now but you know it's one of those things we were able to operate for almost four years in warehouse kind of behind the scenes yeah messenger coffee was not known in kansas city unless you were like going to a few shops in town that carried us um, but even then like uh, you know we were the owner of filling station yeah. People didn't even know that they were having messenger coffee when they were going to filling station. Yeah. So, you know, it's just one of those things. We've been in the behind the scenes, and we've allowed anybody that sold our coffee to sell it in their, in their own way. Mm-hmm. They can talk about it so they don't have to. Um, yeah. We've never put it on anybody to say that we have to be up in front and, and make people yeah. known about it. So, But this space has definitely brought attention to us. And, um, yeah. You know, we've had a lot of growing pains because of this space as far as, like, efficiency of movement, especially on the production floor, being open to the public. Yeah. You know, five feet away, you can sit from the cooling tray and, yeah. you know. Which, that is, like, typically my spot. Yeah. Where I can, like, <laughs> read the San Francisco. Yeah. Ro- San Francisco um, roaster. Yeah. yeah. So, are you guys feeling like you're getting through those growing pains? Yeah. We've now. learned a lot in a year and a half. And, um... You know, we've got a really incredible team of people. Uh, it's really fun to provide jobs for people. It's fun to promote when we have the chance to promote. And we have a lot of very flexible people that are willing to, you know, try new things. And um, 
support in ways that we need to support. One of the cool things that we just released was our cold brew in a can, and we have this cold brew delivery van that has tap handles on the outside, so it's been really fun to bring in some of our yeah. production team members, and let's go out, let's go serve coffee on tap, you know, on the sidewalk. Somewhere. Yeah, that's cool. So we're having fun right now. Yeah, that's great. Um, man, I had a next question with that. What was it going to be? You know, it's just a brain fart. See, it shows <laughs> that I'm human on the podcast, you know. Yeah. Um, God, can't believe I'm forgetting here. Um, so how do you feel about the uh, Kansas City coffee scene as a whole? Yeah, Kansas City coffee scene is amazing. Um, we had just had U.S. coffee champs here yeah. a little over a month ago, and every everybody just killed it. I think, uh, you know, for us to even get coffee champs was one thing, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people were like, yeah, I think, I think there's good coffee there. But, man, I think every shop just 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 killed it, nailed it. And, you know, we were we were fortunate enough to be – you know, four blocks away from competition. Yeah. So our shop had its busiest days ever, and I'm really proud of our staff here. Um, all of our baristas and kitchen and uh, runners, yeah. they just they just nailed it and treated every guest that came into town perfectly. So That's awesome. Uh, I'm really proud of all of the execution from wholesale to, to our uh, retail space staff as well. And we have a cool space here too. If, if you haven't heard of what we do in this space, we have a bakery on site as well, an IBIS Bakery is a sister partner, sister company of ours, and um, they a lot of a lot of what attracts people to this space is the product that they produce, their fresh milled loaves of bread and pastries, and so best looking eggs, best looking poached eggs, <laughs> and tasting. I just had some. Yeah. So we've got a cool space, a lot of neat things to offer. We have a great head chef that creates both breakfast and lunch menus that are outstanding. So, but to, but to finish the question, you know, Kansas City, we, we love a lot of what is going on in the coffee community here in Kansas City and are proud to be a part of it. Yeah. And we're happy to have you. Yeah, thanks. Is it, it's just kind of funny. You got, I mean, you were like the first person I talked to about KC Coffee Collective. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just kind of worked out that way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, happy to have you guys on. And now I remember the question. Okay, let's do it. This is... Um, so art overall seems to be just a big piece of your guys's culture. I mean, the hat you're wearing right now, mm-hmm. you know, just the designs of the bags. You have a g- giant painting, mm-hmm. all those fun things. So, um, yeah, and I mean the building itself. Is, yeah. So uh, how did how did that become such a yeah big deal? That's a good question. Um, For one, we are dang lucky to have one of the best designers in town as our in-house graphic designer, and Brandon Wilson. Yeah. And he's amazing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Our packaging, our, our you know, especially you know, this cold brew design, all of the merch that we release, whether it's illustrated or design work uh, or letter work, I mean, he's just incredible. And so I think you can attribute a lot of the awareness of our brand to the what he's done to it mm-hmm. um you know people have seen the logo seen the horn seen the whatever and yeah. that's because of you know his vision for that um but yeah we're we're really uh i think art and culturally minded company i think we just have a lot of people that that's our tendency the space 
partnering with a local architecture company too was that had incredible vision for this massive stairwell and yeah. the cinder block wall behind it that's uh, geometrically yeah. shaped. And, and we have a ton of musicians, so you know we're a part of middle of the map fest we were a stage for that we had a nice. loud rock show on our rooftop last year i think we're gonna do nice. it this year cool um yeah you know this space on its own with the natural light it's just a it is a gorgeous space to be in yeah and i think you see a lot of artists come in here you see a lot of people drawing on their com uh, on pads of paper drawing on their computers yeah we see a lot of musicians come in here we're lucky to be around a lot of different like music venues so we yeah. see like artists come in I think we just we enjoy being a hub for artistry in all of its formats yeah it's a, it just it definitely attracts that because yeah, I see people editing photos videos yeah all that cool well we're um, definitely gonna need to do a part two of some more of the people that yeah I've helped build this yeah, thing. yeah definitely so um, to the you know thank you for the cupping and doing all that and the reason we were doing this today is because see what we're going to put on kc coffee collectives catalog and i think they all win i mean you know we can <laughs> um but if you had to choose if i had yeah i might the rwandan yeah i'm probably i probably if i had it my number one and then i am more of a south american flavor what's your number one on the table right now um on the table is probably the rwanda actually um i really like the ecuador uh, yeah i feel like it's really got a really good balance to it um we just lost our natural process el salvador to seasonality and it my gosh it's one of my favorites it always is in our lineup the capital yeah. del mundo farm direct coffee um and that's almost always my favorite uh but right now i think it's a kanzu from rwanda okay and then, um, all right, some standard rapid-fire questions before we wrap life up here. Do I respond with one-word answers? No, you can oh. respond, however. Quick, quick, it's not really rapid-fire. It's just, I, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> because it's more just like quick question. I say them. And I don't okay. Know. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right, so your prefer, and I asked you this earlier, but your preferred method of making coffee mm. at home? Right now, it's just the Bonavita five cup brewer. Uh, great, great, great ease. And I, I, I have the Compresso Infinity Grinder. Um, I throw two ounces in the grinder, brew 32 ounces of coffee, so one to 16 ratio, and have four cups. There you go. <laughs> Four cups. Can you have like an unlimited amount unlimited. of coffee? Pretty I'm much. Unlimited. Yeah. Isn't it frustrating when you hit that point? Like, it I doesn't can't do even get, Yeah. I don't know. You know, I don't think it, I don't know if I ever really noticed yeah. the impact that it was having. I miss it when I don't have it, but mostly because I think it's just comforting. Yeah. I don't really ever get the headaches. I don't really ever get twitchy. Yeah. yeah. I just love it. Yeah. There you go. Okay, next question. Where do you want to see Messenger go in the next five years? Mm, yeah, five years old now. Where do you want to see us in five years? Um, we have a really unique company with lots of brands associated with it. Um, I think I want to see um, a cohesion to our companies since we run, uh, own and operate the Feeling Station Cafes 
Black Dog Coffee yeah. as part of our family and Ibis Bakery. I want to see like a unified vision for what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and we're working through that stuff right now, which has been really um, a really good growing process. But for Messenger Wholesale Roasting Company, I would say um, I would love to see all of our team members go to Origin um, in the next five years. I would love to see us grow and have maybe off-site roasting. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be good. That means we're growing enough to, to need that. Yeah. Um, we're in 17 states. We ship to 17 nice. states. So maybe double that. There we go. There's good. 30, yeah, there's 34, 34 plus states. Yeah. You gotta make a trip to Hawaii and Alaska. Yeah, get out there. Get there. <laughs> yeah, like hey, I think we've got some great prospects yeah. out here. Yeah, that'd be awesome. There you go. Okay, that's a good vision. Um, and then last thing, just any message that you have for mm. the people listening today on Coffee People? Yeah, I think um, what is really important to us is that you know a lot of times the roaster gets a lot of credit for the role in the supply chain that we provide but really we don't get to roast coffee unless people are buying it um, and we don't get to buy coffee unless people are buying it we don't get to buy coffee from the green uh, the coffee producers so it's a really important supply chain that everybody plays in the role and I would say that as the consumer the the drinker of the coffee just realize that every cup of coffee you purchase it does, you know, make a s small difference. And so if you're spending your dollars at a local coffee roasting company as opposed to, you know, one that may not be so local, but maybe not even that, but maybe he's not sourcing coffee the, in, in the most ethical way, dig into that just a little bit and just understand that when you're spending $3 in a cup or $15 in a week or $300 in a year on coffee, know that that adds up and it, the trickle-down effect of what you're doing in the supply chain really matters to local coffee roasting companies. Yeah, awesome. Good way to look at it, to kind of go beyond just the, I get my coffee, and now I'm done. Yeah, the bigger story. The bigger story. All right, well, thank you, Isaac. I appreciate it. And more to come. Thank you, guys. Have a great day.